Good morning, everybody out there in WKXL Radio Land. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living. And it's another beautiful day. We hope everybody's having a great one. And we want to thank you for being here and joining us here on WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. So for our listeners, you probably have been noticing that we're doing a lot of different things here on Art for Living. We're sort of switching up here and there. Sometimes we do businesses. Sometimes we do, you know, players or singers, musicians, performers. Uh, sometimes we do a whole opera. And uh, sometimes we just talk about things that make our life a little bit easier that you might not think would be an artful living topic, but there it is. You know, we try to stretch and go beyond. But today we're more on the normal side of things. Um, Certainly for the past year, we've been doing a lot of interviews with different people from different corners of our New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire places. And today is no different. So um, we actually, you probably know Andrew Gibson. We had him come on. I think he's been on a couple of months now. Andrew, you've been here a couple months? I've been here since November, yeah. Yeah, so Andrew is actually our daytime programmer now here on WKXL. And he has the important job behind the scenes of making sure all these shows go off without a hitch. Uh, I don't know how he does it. I don't ask any questions. I just get in front of a mic, put on a headset, and talk. But it's good we have people like Andrew. Andrew Gibson, thank you for joining us today on Artful Living. Happy to be here. All right, so now he's a very... uh, He's a very easygoing guy, all right? So we're going to try to see if we can perk up his his animation a little bit. We can do it. I know we can. Now, I know Andrew a little bit because he's a stage performer, and he has a nice voice. He's a good singer, and uh, he has some good acting skills on that stage. So this is all in addition to now his programming uh, resume that he's building here at WKXL. So, Andrew, first of all, let's introduce Andrew Gibson the performer first to our audience. Um, I where do you start? Um, so I guess <laughs> I guess um, I would classify myself as more of a character actor, mm-hmm. but I like to try I like to try different things and I like to challenge myself. So um, I mean, case in point, this past year, um, I you know one song I sang was from Fiddler on the Roof, which is not a show I would ever picture myself doing or a role I'd ever picture myself filling into. But yeah, um, it was a lot of fun and it was something different. Yes, very different. You did a great job in that song. Thank you. Yes, I loved it. It had so much variety, and and it had intentional, uh, well, real charisma. It had a, a real good feeling about that song. So it was a great job. Uh, it's funny, you call yourself, and I've always wondered about this moniker a little bit, you know, a character actor. Um, for those of us that may not know what that really means, what does that mean for the lay folk? So uh, to put it in the most simpler terms, a character, so you have... You know, you have your standard leading man, leading woman, um, your every man type character. But a character actor is someone who's typically almost larger than life. Mm-hmm. Like they're very animated, very unique, different. They they wouldn't, if you saw this person in your everyday life, they would come across very eccentric, very odd. Okay, uh, they would stand out, and 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 so, and it's not just playing a character. Most of the time, when I play a character, I don't even speak in my natural voice. I usually put some sort of a tone or an accent or something on the voice that that's very departed from my normal day to day to sort of help the character mm-hmm. right so you're very character oriented mm-hmm. but you know what Andrew's a tall guy 
Uh, he's a good-looking young man, and I, I wonder for the young, you know, for the young performer today, um, making that Fach, what in German, in German they have a Fach system, F-A-C-H. And this system for opera singers is a system that delineates what roles they can go out for. It is so typed in Germany that agents and, uh, you know, house intendants get upset when you break your Fach. It's that uptight. Not, you know, I love German. Don't get me. I don't love Germany. I love singing there. I love Austria. And I understand the Fach system because it sort of gives a clarity to what could be, uh, let's face it, if you're a high color tora, maybe you shouldn't be singing Torendot, right? Uh, part of me says that's just a natural, normal thing. But um, the Fach system in Germany is really part of the theater system and the opera system. Here in this country, do we have a Fach system? Do you find that you can get stereotyped for character actor as opposed to a leading actor? So I, I actually get typed as villains quite often. Oh, do you? Yes, yes. I and uh, I was actually I was just uh, nominated for top ten for the New Hampshire Theater Awards for playing a villain. Oh my! Which um, one was this? I was Ernst Ludwig in Cabaret. Okay. Uh, who is who is the villain? Yeah. Um, and. He's, he's, if you're not familiar with the story, I don't want to spoil too much, but no, all right. I mean, the show has been around for a long time, sure, so sure, I'm sure. sure most people have seen it, but <laughs> um, it takes place at the rise of Nazi Germany in the 1940s, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Ernst is a smuggler, and he comes across very charming, very likable, he's mm-hmm. funny, um, and then there's a plot twist, turns out he's a Nazi, mm-hmm. and so he goes from very charming and nice to everyone's most hated character right. very quickly. And so playing, you know, because of my size and because I can have a very commanding voice, I, I've been typecast as villains quite often. Wow. I've, I've played, obviously, both Jekyll and Hyde. I've played Ernst. I've played... Um, I've played... On the spot, Even villainous just... characters in, in <laughs> comedies. I mean, I, I noises off. I played Lloyd Dallas, who, you know, even though he's comedic, he's he's not a liked character in that story. Yeah. So it's I get I get pigeonholed into, you, okay. into villains a lot. So that's how it how it affects you. Yeah. Do you like that? I do. Uh, I mean, every story needs a good villain. Sure. Um, and 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 if and if. I think one of the best compliments I ever received from somebody was saying that they love to hate my character. Oh so my goodness! That that in and of itself is a compliment. If they like to hate the character that much, mm-hmm. you're doing a good job. Wow. Okay. So that really does leave you though an awful lot of roles that you can uh, go out for because the the bad guy in today's theater is sometimes the leading role. We're in year in you know generations past. Mm. That wasn't always the case. Oh, the good guy I mean, had the real role, Sweeney right? Sweeney Todd is a classic yeah. example of that. I don't think there's any good person in that show. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> there's, Joanna. There's one or two. Joanna is Joanna, the exception. Yes. Joanna is the exception. Yes, but okay. I mean, Sweeney, the judge. I mean, yes. all of none of them are. They're good all people. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which so. kind of tells us, I think, what's on time. Um, you know, and a lot of his shows have that. Oh, Into edge. the Woods is the same thing. I mean, a lot of those characters. There's quite a few characters in that show that are morally gray. Yeah. They, well, and I think the tinging. I think for me, uh, the difference between Sweeney Todd and uh, Into the Woods is that by the time he wrote Into the Woods, I think he understood that the human animal is usually divided yeah, right that there's more to us right there's more to us than just one thing usually and um so i don't see anybody necessarily in into the woods as an as an evil persona 
um, conflicted regular human being more likely. Whereas Sweeney Todd, you could make that argument that there's some genuine, genuine evil. There. I mean, when you cook people and put them in pies, um, there's a problem. It's generally frowned upon in today's society. <laughs> yes, <right>? yeah. <laughs> All right. That so so I actually understand now a little bit more about Andrew Gibson um, from hearing this. So what what is your favorite role that you would love to play? That I haven't played yet. Yes. yes. Oh gosh. Um, I that, have that one list that stands is, out. That list is dwindling because I've actually gotten to play some really fun roles okay. that, I, that I didn't think I'd get to play. So, Who's the bad guy in Oklahoma? What's his name? I, I am unfamiliar with that show, All right. Well, not. you better I'm familiar with that. some of the music, but um, I, I am very unfamiliar. Isn't I, that terrible? And I don't have my phone with me to look it up. So we have Curly, who is the good guy, and then there's the bad guy who has to really be a figure of menace. Mm. For that role, I mean, even though it was written in the old days, uh, he was the caricature of the really nasty bad guy. And uh, really, in terms of today's theater, if you really look at Oklahoma, even though it was written so long ago in 1930s, um, would play today as well because they really got those characters very flushed out. Um, isn't that terrible? I apologize. I can't remember this guy's name. Anyway, um, the, the the bad guy in Oklahoma is mm. the is one of the roles that you must play. First of all, you'd love it. And number two, um, I think it's pivotal. That role is pivotal to the success of the show because if the audience doesn't believe in the good versus evil in Oklahoma, mm. it's a tough show. Oh, But sure. if they have the curly who's the good guy, the ultimate good guy. Right, in love with the girl. Then you have the guy that's the bad guy who who tries to murder Curly by stabbing him, right? Or tries to kill him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is is almost like abusive, not almost, but is abusive toward women, right? Bad guy. So it works even today even better, I think. Mm-hmm. Isn't and, and it's not always the truth with musicals. Oh, for you know? sure. So you have to look at that. I'll find out what that is and <laughs> I'll tell you you have to learn that role. Absolutely. I'll have to keep that in my Yes. Uh, my little repertoire there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, we hear our music. We're going to take a little bitty break here on WKXL Artful Living and uh, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Make sure you stay with us. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We're coming right back, and we're going to talk some more with Andrew Gibson. So stay right where you are. Hello there. Welcome back. Jane Cormier here, your host for Art for Living, WKXL, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. And uh, if you are just joining us, we are having a wonderful chat here with Andrew Gibson, who is a someone right here at WKXL. Behind the scenes, he's the daytime programmer, and he's also a very, very uh, up-and-coming and well-known, if I may say, community actor here in New Hampshire and abroad. I know that you had some, uh, you had some something happen in Boston recently. Still happening, actually. Oh, it's I'm still in its, going it's, on. I'm in its third week. Uh, we have two more weeks. Cool. Um, definitely a show that's that's the simplest term I'll give it is is quirky. It's certainly more than that, but it's um, <laughs> I, I am playing a very different kind of character in um, Evil Dead the musical, which is Evil based... Dead. Light, <laughs> nice and light. It's it's yeah it's it's. <laughs> 
nothing light about it and it's uh it's it's a i would say it's a unique show um because it is it is based on the the camp horror films that came out in the 80s and it's an homage to to campy horror to 1980s campy horror all right um and we definitely play on the camp um, very much on purpose it looks it's there are parts of the show that are made to look low budget yeah Purposefully, well, because they were because of the comedy, and that's yeah. that's where the fun, that's where the comedy is in it. Yeah, um, but I c- play a character who actually speaks very little in the show oh. until a very specific moment, so I have to play the role using a lot of my facial expressions to to express what's going on in until you in speak here, yeah. until I eventually do speak. Wow, Zowie. Okay, very cool. So this is in Boston. What's the company's name? Uh, the company is Roshi Entertainment. Oh. Um, uh, they are headed by. Um, uh, Maddie and Alicia Gregg, cool. uh, husband and wife. Uh, Maddie actually helped start the New Hampshire Theater Awards way back when. Wow, wow. Um, and he's, yep, yeah, this show has been his passion project for many, many years. My goodness. Uh, he actually started as the lead many years ago, and now he directs it and cool. runs it. Mm-hmm. And this particular version of the show is done with a uh, high-tech LED wall and cool. floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a splatter zone for those who are interested Yikes. in those kinds of things. Really? <laughs> oh yeah! Holy moly! Okay. And uh, people love it. I mean, they they come and they get soaked with you know fake, fake blood, blood every yeah. every night, and they leave with big smiles on their faces. It's definitely a niche show. Sure. I would say that if you're a musical theater connoisseur, it may not be your cup of tea, but. Yeah. Those who appreciate these kinds of things, sure. it, it is it is absolutely their jam. It, they, you know they what? Show up and they love it. I'm sure that it's a lot of fun, especially for those people that that get the, uh, you know, the humor and, and oh, what sure. was happening in those days. Because we did have a lot of that going on. Oh yeah, back I mean, in the we, day, we have little references to certain things too. Yeah. We, we throw some fun little sight gags that that cool. are call outs to other horror franchises that were around during that time. Holy moly. Okay, so you have two more weeks of that. Yeah. So yep. is this is week that, and then the next two weeks, yeah. Is it really hard to to you know have a show that's running like that and then coming back to work? Um I'm sort of developing a, a use to it at mm-hmm. this point. A um, rhythm, maybe. Uh, there's a rhythm. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a rhythm because what the nice thing is we do get two days off, two nights off a week. Good. Um, one night of that I do spend in in Pittsfield a little bit, but I still have the night off where I'm at home and I right. can rest and yeah, it's busy yeah, for sure. Nice cup of tea and just chill. S- chill out for a little bit. <laughs> so you said Pittsfield. You mean Pittsfield players? Yes. Right. Yep. So are you? On their board? I'm not on their board, um, but I am co-directing their, I've been assisting with their children's show that's going up next Very weekend. Good, good, and good. then uh, I am tentatively directing in the spring, so. Oh, what show? Uh, uh, it's actually a Sondheim Street show, Getting Away with Murder. Wow, another light piece. What's, another what is it with piece. you? We have to watch these. we got to get you in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, he's a dark person, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's you know, my, I took my first foyer into Rodgers and Hammerstein's uh, this past year. Actually. Oh yeah, what show? Sound of Music. Really? That's right. Okay, I yeah, saw that. that. Was Max Detweiler. How did you like that role? That was different. That Very was, different. Again role. and again, these are the kinds of things I like to do. I like to occasionally step out of my wheelhouse and do something a little different. And Max was very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, morally gray, but lighthearted. Totally. And, not the first lighthearted character I've played, but certainly the most interesting. Yes. Well, he that he's role, a weasel. He's a little bit of a weasel. Uh, and, I don't know if he's a yeah, weasel. Yes, a lighthearted one. Yeah. He has a heart of gold. He means well, but uh, you know what? The truth is, is that was a very popular. Um, what, what do I want to say? Specialty for folks in in the probably the 30s to the 70s. Probably that long. That's worth. 
so many films and so many musicals have that character actor in there that is a good boy, bad boy thing. Um, but I, I really like Herr Detweiler, isn't yeah, it? Herr Detweiler. Yeah. Uh, very, very um, charming. I see that character is very charming and unabashed with himself because he knows where what he is. Oh, yeah. He, you know? he doesn't he hide it. it. He, he doesn't does. hide it. He just, he owns. He does. He and owns it 100%. Maybe that's why we like him. Probably, you know, yeah. In the show. He's authentic. Yes. He's, he's you know, he's, he's not shy about what he is and, and what, what he does. what he wants and what, what he, he does. Wants. That's right. yep. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, interesting. So, uh, that was your first foray. Into <laughs> Rodgers and Hammerstein, specifically. Yeah. 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 I've never touched one of their shows before. You know, uh, for the uh, young actor, which is where you are, um, the young actor today, at least in, in my estimation, sort can sometimes look back at these these fabulous pieces of history, of theater, musical theater, with something of an askance, you know, glance, you know, like, yeah, it was just, uh. and I think they do a great disservice to the pieces when they have those attitudes, because number one, they're probably not seeing the full fleshed, the full flushed out, I should say, uh, what the show really had in it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Sound of Music, you can say, oh, it was just a bit of fluff, but Sound of Music flushed out was really um, an important musical because it came out way before the 60s. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was early 50s when that was on Broadway. And uh, that wasn't too far away from when things were happening, you know. So um, you know, another example is uh, one, one uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. Oh, my gosh, isn't that terrible? Carousel. Mm. Um, Carousel, you know, what a piece that was in the day because it basically had as its lead actor-singer a bad dude, a, a sometimes bad dude, who was redeemed only because he falls in love with this very beautiful, young, naive girl. And the redemption that happens in that story is big-time scale. That's how you know anything that you will see in your life in, or experience in your life is great is when it stands the test of time. And to me, Oklahoma, I know people go, oh, so old-fashioned. <laughs> You're not educated. Oklahoma is as valid today as it was in its day, as is uh, Carousel. Carousel even more so today. Because these guys were writing in a period where you could not just come right out and have a bad guy, mm. right? That's not where we were historically or culturally in the in that business. It was too shock and awe of to course. have somebody so villainous. Uh, it was, yeah, it was. You know. It was not how it was done. So for us to look askance at that is to miss the historical component. Without them, there's no today. Right. And and so to me, when we redo these, I, I very, very much love uh, New York City occasionally uh, when you see groups do the big houses i don't mean side streets of you know broadway when you see the big houses do these uh productions i think that they for the most part have directors that understand the history and bring them forward retaining what they were about but you can see that they'll you know a little bit they'll turn a little bit here and there and to me that's great Mm. i don't like it when we take a piece whether it's an opera or a musical or even a theater piece and take the hard work and the blood, bloodletting that happens in the creative process for these composers and writers to write what they wrote and to make a change because for the exact time frame of now, 
they're going to just rip it and gut it and do whatever. I got a real problem with that. Mm. I think that that's disrespectful. Well, it's also disrespectful to the to the writer. It's yeah. disrespectful to their intention when someone takes a, a piece of, of art like that and mm. says, well, I want to tweak it to fit this standard or fit, fit my... Right. ideology of it and it's well no then you're missing the content and, and i think even the greats you know you could take like a mozart opera right mozart opera was so ahead of his time right mozart and, and the greats really were you gotta laugh because everybody goes "Ooh, opera man sometimes they were pushing the envelope like you can't believe i mean most of some of our modern musicals today are inspired by mm-hmm some of the earliest oh, opera pieces. For sure, for sure. And um, but you know, even Mozart I think would have allowed some nuance being taken on his pieces. Great artists aren't afraid of that. Oh, sure. But I'm talking about when they gut it. Um, you know, when I see when I see uh, a, a piece of opera that is taken from the period, you know, written in the 1700s or, you know, set in the 1700s and all of a sudden you know, it's in the um, Las Vegas time of gambling and prostitution and all that stuff. Mm. And they think it's so clever. You know, oh, look at what we've done. We've put it in today. No, you really ruined the piece because it has nothing that carries it mm. from where it was to where it is. Oh, for sure. Why do that? Crazy stuff. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. All right. I hear a break coming on. Stay right where you are. We're going to come right back with Andrew Gibson, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Stay right there. We're coming right back. Welcome back. Jane Cormier here from Artful Living, WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. That's WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and of course, our new signal, 101.9 FM in Manchester. If you are just joining us, welcome. And we are having a conversation with someone who is the daytime programmer behind the scenes right here at WKXL, Andrew Gibson. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about Andrew and his his career on the stage as well as his work here at the at the studio um lot of lot of stuff going on with andrew right now i guess hi andrew you're very busy uh busy busy is good busy is always good yeah absolutely Can't say no to busy no and you're just finishing a run the next couple of weeks of a mm-hmm. show that's in boston mm-hmm. so what do you have coming up anything coming up after that as far as acting no um I I don't have anything on the immediate horizon uh, mm-hmm. right now. My focus is is getting ready for uh, getting away with murder and p- with Pittsfield players. Yeah, right. Because your assistant directing that. Uh, I'm no, I'm directing it. You are uh, directing yep, that yep. one. This okay. would be my second time uh, trying to direct a show. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. And this is a straight Sondheim, yep. which is interesting. Which is unusual. Most people think Sondheim, they think musicals. Absolutely. And this, is, this is a straight show, which is unusual. And what is? Tell us what this one is about. So I'd this like one, this one, it's a, it's a little dated, but it, it is a, um, it is a, it's sort of a dark comedy, and it is a very plot twisty show that involves uh, seven suspects. Um, and each of the murderers are inspired by the seven deadly sins. What and is the name of it again? Getting away with murder. Has it? Was it ever a movie? I. That is a good question. 
I don't. It sounds know. familiar. It but does sound familiar. Yeah. It probably was a movie at one I point. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and uh, there there's some there's some plot twisty cool things that I, I won't bring up on here just because I want people to see the show. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, there there is a, a murder that takes place, and there are seven suspects, and mm-hmm. there's a psych- and there's a you know a therapist interviewing all these people, and it all oh, takes cool. place in this in this building. And this is an adult show, though. Oh yes, yeah, yeah very much an adult. Awesome. show. Awesome. And have you had your auditions? Uh, not yet. Well, no, when are that, those happening? Those are happening at the end of February. All right. Well, we should tell people, let them know. Yeah. Right. So the yeah. auditions for this straight show are at the Pittsfield Players, correct? Mm-hmm. Which is in Pittsfield, of course, New Hampshire, on stage. At the Scenic Theater, yeah. right? And uh, when, what days are the auditions? I believe it's the 26th and 27th. Awesome, 26, 27. So mm-hmm. if you think you might want to tip your to- dip your toe in the waters of the theatrical world, uh, Pittsville Place is a great place. Yep, they're a great organization. There's a lot of great people there. Yep. And it's a very intimate space. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of only two uh, companies that own their own building. Yes, very uh, cool. Which is very, very awesome. You don't see a whole ton of that. Uh, especially not in this area, right? Uh, so it's it's fortunate and and it's a very intimate space. Mm-hmm. As I said, um, you know, you're up close to everything. There's not a bad seat in the house. That's right. That's right. So the the theater is basically 140 seats, and uh, it's a, just a little theater. You know, it's not necessarily a black box, you know, with folding chairs or anything. It's just a little theater. And um, in my mind, in the old days when I was out doing my thing, these little theaters were instrumental. Absolutely. Whether you were in New York City, where space, especially in New York City or the big cities, Chicago, Los Angeles, the cities that had trouble with venues that were too big, right? Because small companies couldn't make them work. They would open these small venues and they became the seating for some pretty fabulous work and things that happen in the theatrical world. So in the opera world, too. <coughs> scoozy, scoozy. So... <coughs> Yeah. Um, this little theater is a great place for new stuff to come out and to work together and get some really great stuff done. Yeah. And they're and they've been on the up and up for the last year or so tackling some <coughs> some slightly different types of shows. I know that they're used to doing very specific types. Yeah. Of projects they're changing the it last, up a little. And for the last year or so, they've been changing it up a little bit. And we've been seeing new, you know, bigger audiences we've been seeing people come to pittsfield that normally wouldn't go out of their way to mm-hmm. to drive that far out and there's been some phenomenal productions there the last couple of years yeah, absolutely absolutely well you know what i think that just now i don't know what it is with this but i have a, a little hypothesis that it's only just very recently that organizations far be it you know like far-flung new york city and pittsfield new hampshire are just now starting to find their sea legs mm. after COVID. I really do. I don't think it, I think that we were out there plugging, mm. but I feel like there's a feeling now that the work can begin again. Yes. You know? Yes. And no, I see that with some people for sure. Um, I think it was, it was tough for, for a lot of people. Um, some theaters did try to keep going during COVID. Sure. They tried streaming theater and yes. things like that. And some were very successful mm-hmm. with it. Um, you know, Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. And theaters got creative. Some of them really said, okay, well, you know, we yeah. have to keep going somehow. Absolutely. You and, know. and that's that's absolutely a good thing. That's that's not what I meant. I was, what my comment is, is that because it was so, uh, such a difficult and challenging mm-hmm. time to keep going, oh, yeah. you just sort of tried anything. You know what I mean? You wanted to keep it going, so you became, like you said, creative. 
But the truth is, is I think now where things have settled enough that companies and singers and people are starting to get back to the work of the art. Nor- Not just trying to keep it a going. A sense of normalcy, yes. There you go. Yeah, they're now returning to a sense of normalcy yeah. where, you know, they they can go that extra mile. They can audition for all these projects. They yes. can do all these shows. And people are starting to feel less afraid and more comfortable. And people are coming back to the yeah. theater. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. And audiences, enjoy. too. And yeah. audiences are coming back in droves because yeah. they're ready. They were hungry. Absolutely. They went, what was it? Two, almost three years. Almost three years. Almost yeah. three years without yeah. being able to go to the theater and see a show. And, and how now, does now that, they want to see everything. It's crazy when you stop to think about it because we lived through it. And mm-hmm. when you live through something, it's usually not until decades later that you really grasp the human understanding of what happened, right? But when you really look at it, it's kind of um, amazing to see that we're getting back Almost, I think, to where we were. Not like the opera world was blown apart. I think opera is different now. Um, opera will never be what it was, but but theater and musical, I think, are getting back to what they were. And it's kind of cool to see how that's happened. You know, a lot of companies that I think um, maybe were challenged prior to COVID, mm-hmm. perhaps they didn't make that crossover, uh, or perhaps the small company that was creative found a way, found that niche, and are now, you know, comparable to the larger company that was there before. But I think it's kind of cool to see how this is all coming together. Mm. And where is that going to bring us, you know, in 10 years for art down the road? Because it's changed a bit. Yeah, it has changed a little bit. Um, I'm also seeing, you know, slightly bigger companies are starting, are, are, are still are trying to find the way back to where they were. Indeed. When they were at the height before covid and now these smaller companies are in a way doing even better right? because they, they've decided that, okay, we're back. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we think outside the box mm. to get people into these seats? And so, right. you know, they pulled the trigger on projects that they may not have touched before. They may not have thought, oh, well, there's no way this could be successful. And then, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, we're selling out yeah. tickets. How do we, how do we. And that's the work that's being done right now. Yeah. And and now they're like, oh, well, let's, let's, what other projects can we sign up for that yeah. are outside the box? And Very cool. You know, we love the classic shows. Mm-hmm. People love their music bands, mm-hmm. and, they, and they love their sound of music, and, yep. and their Tuck Everlastings, and all the and shows. And they will that, always be here. And they will always be here. But, you know, I say, you know, shake the boat a little bit. Sure, absolutely. Rock the boat a little bit. Do something that doesn't get done a whole lot. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many seats you'll probably fill. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a, you know, a slightly controversial show being done in Milford right now that didn't do so well. On Broadway, uh-huh. but it's a show that doesn't get done very often. What is, what is it? The last, uh, the last trial of Judas Iscariot. Wow, I never heard of it. It is, it is a very, <clears throat> it's an adult piece, but it's basically the trial of Judas hmm. um, after he's been deceased. Wow. And and it and it's a very, it's a very emotional piece. It's yeah. a very controversial piece because, again, like I said, it's very adult, right. In its nature, uh, and 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 a lot of companies won't try to tackle on a show like right, that. And right. so I, I guarantee you they're they're going to sell tickets. Yeah. It's it's going to be one that fills well, seats. I mean that's because that's people how it don't has, get to see it very often. And that that's what it needs. We need to have a little bit of everything and people can make their choice, mm-hmm. you know, as they go, as they go or don't go, right? But but to offer it I think is important. You know, that's how theater is. It doesn't grow if you don't have if you don't have new growth coming in with mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. yeah. You got to shake things up every once in a while. Yeah. I think it I think it's healthy. Yeah. For, for theaters to try it. 
Um, not for the sake of shock and awe, but for the sake of this is a different offering. This is something right. unique that you don't get to see a whole lot of. Right. And to, to help everybody feel like they have a place, mm-hmm. you know, at that theater table. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So what do you have uh, if you have in your in your mind where you want to be? Right. Any kind of idea where you would like to see yourself, you know, five years down the road? Oh, gosh. You're a young guy. So five years is right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. I'm older than I look, but, oh. um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, gosh, I mean, my, my passion, honestly, my biggest passion is voice work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I like being behind the mic. Interesting. Uh, more, more so than being on the stage. Um, cause I, I get to do fun things with my voice and I get to do anim, you know, animation wow. and, you know, uh, book, book reading, you know, books on tape, things like that. Yeah. That's a, that's cool. Very good. I did not know that. All right. We're going to take another little break here. WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Stay right with us because we'll be coming right back and we're going to finish up our conversation with Andrew Gibson here on Artful Living. Hello there. Welcome back. Artful Living here. Jane Cormier, your host on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. If you're just joining us, we're having a great chat with Andrew Gibson, who is the programming, daytime program engineer or is that it? Producer. 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 I get it right one of these days. Yeah. Daytime (laughs) producer here at WKXL. And, uh, those of you may or may not know, but Andrew also has a thriving, thriving little backstory of a theatrical performer. And he's right now in Boston, finishing up a run for the next couple of weeks in a, in a show in Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we took the break, he was just telling us that he really does like the work behind the, the mic, even more than on the stage, because he really likes the vocal work. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what's out there for that? You know, I have not really... Uh, known or invested time in figuring out there so how does one go about that i i'm still trying to figure it out myself yeah um sometimes it's about who you know um i know you have to make reels and do things like that uh demo tapes demos yeah um one of the appeals to it is i don't have to i wouldn't have to travel as much because you know people can create a studio at home and um that's actually part of how i you know, got into doing this. Some of the programs and applications we use here, I use at home. Is that right? Uh, for my own stuff that, cool. I, that I do via, you know, so I, I do some ditties on the internet every once in a while, mm-hmm. and mostly just for fun. But <clears throat> Do you uh, read books on? on uh, not on? yet, uh, but I would like to That's start pretty cool. getting into that. I, I like the idea of, I mean, even, you know, the, the late, great Robin Williams mm-hmm. um, did books on tape in his early career. Really cool. Um, yeah, one of the books I... I, I I need to find the name of it, but I, I actually used to have a book on tape that he narrated, and wow. he did voices for all the characters. Oh, he I can believe this. He must have been great at oh, that. Oh, it was, and I mean, even <laughs> as a kid, I remember laughing hysterically listening to him. Isn't that something, and, huh? Yeah. He and was I mean, so just, gifted for Just that. the appeal of that, and that, that that's, you know, I do voices. I do stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that would be kind of fun to do that. and That must be a whole world unto itself to oh, try to Oh, I would find, imagine. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you have to find that linchpin. Oh, yeah. To... Pull that out so that you can get into where it is you need to go. Yeah. But I would assume that demos are probably the big way to do it. And working yeah. at a radio station, you must be at a great advantage to. Uh, it, I'm learning a lot of a lot get a of good things. demo. And, and it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do that here because that's you know company time. But um, you know, I would I would 
you know, like I said, a lot of the programs we use here, I, I yeah. also use at home. So Isn't that cool? It's, and I have my own microphone, my own equipment. And um, so did you find the crossover when you were doing this work? Because you've only been here a couple of months and, and you're smooth on this. So was it a tough transition? Uh, it was just learning the, this station's process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I shadowed for weeks and weeks and just watched how things worked here. Yeah. And once I had a handle on that. Um, it must just have kinda... been nervous because you do live shows here. Yeah. Uh, do you get nervous on the live show? The live shows are definitely sometimes sometimes nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, um, you know, the hosts stay within the wheelhouse. Like they know the rules. I mean, we have some hosts here who are very seasoned who know their stuff. And it's Ken Kale. Yes, yes, Mr. <laughs> Ken Kale. No, I love no, Ken. I mean, he's been around for a long time, and yes. he's a wonderful, wonderful person. Yeah. And, and he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. He knows a lot more than I do. Huh? So. He spent his life doing yeah, it. He's, he has been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he requires no hand-holding. We, right. just, we just do our thing, and he and does his cool. thing, and it, and it always right. goes smooth. And we have also this live uh, sports authority. Yeah, and now we have the the sports machine with, yeah, sports with Slim. Machine. and Yes. Uh, he's he's very new yeah. here, but uh, I mean his his show's a little bit different than what we're used to here on WKXL, yeah. and Lots it seems of to be energy. working well. Yeah, very high energy. Yeah. Um, his he's got some very colorful callers and. Mm-hmm. No, I think I love listening to him. Well, I, everybody out there that knows Art for Living knows I really love sports, and uh, so I enjoy listening to him. I think he's he, he makes me laugh. He mm. makes me, you know, maybe forget. Uh, when I'm having a bad day, I can listen to that and get a oh, good yeah. chuckle. So I think that energy is great. So um, do you like the programmed shows more than the live or the live more than the program? It's a mix. It's yeah. a mix. Um, and it, it sometimes it depends on the guests that are on, that are on. Yeah. Um, but I, I've listened to everything, obviously yeah. being here, I listen to all the shows because right. I you know, record them. That's and what I, you do. And that's, that's what I do. So I hear all of them. So, um, I can't say that there's any that I like more than others. Yeah. They all bring something different to the table. There so, you go. There you go. Which is, which is one of the great things about this station. Yeah. Well, you know what? Everybody knows this cause I say it a lot, but, um, community radio is, I think, uh, if it's supported properly, has such an important part of community interaction that until you lose it, you don't really know what it is. And I hope that um, everybody out there really understands that at the end of the day, um, integrating people and businesses and, and organizations in the community through a radio station is a huge, huge opportunity. Oh, absolutely. So we, we congratulate uh, WKXL for have been here for, what, 70 years or so. Yeah, and, oh, yeah since the 40s. Yeah, and continues to offer community programming. And our programming is getting more varied by the week, it seems. <laughs> so that's a good thing, too. Um, all right, so we were talking a little bit about where you uh, wanted. You don't see anything uh, specific in those five years down the road? I just know that I'll be entertaining people for That's as long as thing. I can. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, I had a I had a a teacher teach me taught me many years ago about theater and about the arts, and that and I I carry this into every show I do, mm-hmm. every project I attach myself to. Um, you know, people will spend a wide variety of monetary value on a ticket. They'll spend anywhere from twenty five to one hundred and fifty bucks to see a show. Mm-hmm. Money can always be remade. Pe- clever people can always make money. Mm-hmm. You can always get the money back right. in some way, shape, or form. Right. But what you can't get is the time that you spend to sit in a seat and watch a show. Mm-hmm. And so any project I attach myself to is, am I making this show worth their time? Yes. And 
is it if they're getting something out of it, if they're getting back in their car, if they're smiling when they leave mm-hmm. when they leave the theater and they're talking about it on their right. way home or right. they're talking about it on social media. Or thinking about or it. thinking about it. And if we've done that, then we've done our job Absolutely. right. And It's true. You know, and, and with live theater, I mean, I'm sure mistakes will be made. But if you can cover those mistakes and do what you're supposed yeah. to do, I mean, they're not even going to notice. They don't. And, in, and the truth is, is sometimes the mistakes, if you handle them properly, actually add um, to the show, add to the oh, show yeah. highlight the show. So um, I used to, I tell my opera singers, the young kids are the, the people that I work with all the time, that don't ever expect necessarily that you're going to go out there in three hours of singing and not make an error. Mm-hmm. That's not what a professional gears itself for. The professional knows it's going to happen and is hyper vigilant while they're on the stage to make sure that if it does happen, they're right with it and can, you know, make that change to bring it all back home um, in without a blink. Yeah. And that's what the professional, oh, the yeah. professional is never about. And, and this is something that really bothers me. And I probably should say it more. Uh, especially in the arena where I'm working with an awful lot of community people. I've worked in professional, made good, quote, money, right, singing. Um, But the truth of the matter is, is I'm old enough now and experienced enough now to know that professional has not a wit to do with money. Mm -hmm. Uh, The professional, oh, he's professional because he gets paid. People believe this. That is not true. The ethic of whether or not you are a professional is your relationship with the audience. Mm-hmm. And if that has integrity, and that has discipline, and that has talent, you are a professional. Mm-hmm. And I believe that with everything in me. I've been on stage with people that maybe you know had bigger resumes than I did and walked away going, hmm, didn't give anything of themselves. Mm-hmm. Got through the piece, okay, gave nothing. And then I've worked with people that maybe did not have as much experience or knowledge and you know what? I was like, wow, great job, because they did give of themselves. So that is actually the true definition of artist and professional, mm-hmm. is you and the audience and what happens in between. Yep, and that, and that, that, that is huge, and I, and I have the same, very similar mentality. I've worked with a lot of people, both in professional and in community. Mm-hmm. I'm in professional right now, being right. in Boston, but um, I've worked with both. And it is a matter of the attitude, and oh, I've totally. worked, and I've worked with some community people who, frankly, have not a great attitude, not just towards the audience, but they're on that stage for the sometimes the wrong reasons. Absolutely, you know, when you're on stage and you're on stage with the mentality of, I'm so great, and 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 I'm doing this because I want the accolades, right? Like, and I'm it so, shows. And, and again, it's nothing wrong with having a healthy ego. We no. all, I mean, we're performers. So you we, don't we, get up there if you don't have exactly. One. <laughs> you have to have somewhat of an ego to be on stage. <laughs> But when it's so out of control that that you think you're just the big fish in the small pond and everyone's there to see you, like yeah, it reads, you I, know, I, it, it reads, and you can tell based on their interactions with people yeah. and even their interactions with the rest of the cast, and it's and it's honestly it's very sad, yeah, because we're Call all up in. there together, we're all up there to work here together, and and when a cast is tight knit, mm-hmm. you see it, and yeah. I mean people see that with us in Boston. I mean we got we got uh, compliments for that yesterday. You can tell that this cast has bonded and all of us are working together and having yeah. fun together and it doesn't feel like work. Like, right. yeah, we're exhausted at the end of the night, yeah. but, but it's not work. But we're having fun right. and, and you can tell we're having fun yeah. and that we all get along and work well together. So that's great. And that's what great theater does. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a panacea how true it is, you know, but it has to be good. Mm-hmm. It has to be real. 
and it has to be disciplined mm-hmm. because oh, real art and real giving is is a discipline you know so awesome Andrew it's been great talking to you thank you for having this chat with me oh, for sure it was awesome and uh, we thank you out there in Radioland for th- for joining us today on Artful Living uh, we hope you'll come back next time and hear our next segment WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Jane Cormier here, your host. Have a great day and we'll see you later.